On this week's episode of the WNP Podcast, we tell you who is the best receiver in this draft. Stay tuned. Episode 138 of the We're Not Professionals podcast. I'm your host, Mike Mitchelson, and joining me today, as always, my co-host, Chase Crashaw. Chase, how you doing? I'm doing swell. How are you? Why was that so sensual? Yes. It's because uh, I like to pleasure our, our viewers by giving that, them... That's horrifying. <laughs> that's horrifying. By giving them all of the greatest insight when it comes to football, including today we're doing our past catchers rankings with our top eight wide receivers, our top four tight ends. We're going to give you all of that. And hey, I got to say, I'm so excited for this show because we've done quarterback, we've done running back, but those are probably the two weakest spots, position groups in this draft. We finally get to talk about guys that there's multiple first-round grades in these groups. So I am pumped to get it started. Yeah, you know, we did um, when we did those shows, I ended up I ended up redoing my, my grades a little bit. So, go, you know, go back to the running backs. Brees Hall's moved above Kyron Williams now. Shocker. Kyron's number three, but Brees <laughs> Hall ends up with a first-round grade, actually, for me now. Yeah. So, I told you, he's a beast. You know, I had uh, two running backs and two, uh, and two quarterbacks, excuse me. Um, end up being first round grades, so that's four people right there, and there are ten people I currently have graded as first round players. So that's just a little foreshadowing to what's coming today. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be a very fun episode, but we've got some news to talk about very briefly before we do that. But before we do that, gotta open my mark. First mark of the day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sure, you guys can tell. <laughs> what is that? Third or fourth? Only third. Come on, oh, okay. alcohol. Okay, okay. It's, it's only it's only been it was two a long hours. day of work. It's only been two hours. It's, it's been a long day of work, <laughs> and it's sixty degrees out. Absolutely gorgeous. Make sure to get outside. Um, I know I'm dying to play some volleyball. I'm sure you are too. I would like to play volleyball. It's only been you know six seven years. You could always come out and just like sit in the sand, make a sandcastle or something. I can't get sand in my wounds. Well, do you have clothes on or? Yeah, but it still can still happen. You know, you go, you go to the beach, you get sand everywhere. What's going to happen? And I know this would happen. Is Graham would go for a diving play, just kick up all the sand oh, right yeah. all over you. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, all right, let's get into the news. First up, Deshaun Watson, a very big trade market for him. The leading uh, parties were Carolina and New Orleans for quite a while. And then we got a little bit of a change of pace. We got the Cleveland Browns entering Baker Mayfield, very upset about that. And then you have the Atlanta Falcons who apparently have made a really big push. They're actually meeting with him today as of recording. It would be absolutely hilarious if he ended up in Cleveland because you would, would be, that. I would hate that. You so would be much. horrified. I mean, he'd still be the second best quarterback in the division, but yeah, behind Lamar. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. But, but uh, imagine he, he goes there and the Steelers get Malik Willis and then that division just has the Steelers have Trubisky. They don't need him. Okay, but but they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna draft Malik Willis. He's gonna develop into a franchise quarterback and there's four franchise quarterbacks in that division for the next fifteen years. George, how you doing today? We didn't introduce George the giraffe, of course, <laughs> joining us for this episode. He, look at how he's looking at you, dude. He is pissed. Yeah, I mean, he, he's real. I, I don't, I don't know what, 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 what team do giraffes like? Like, like who, who would he be sporting that would get him rattled? He was a Colts fan because you know Manning really long neck. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, then he was a Broncos fan, and now he's a who's got a really long neck. Joey Bosa kind of does. So he's a Charters fan. Joe Flacco kind of does. So he's a free agent fan. Wait, uh, Ryan Tannehill, Titans fan. Titans. No, Flacco signed today with the Jets. Again? One year, like $3 million That's, or something. What a waste of time. Yeah, so we are going to do a full free agency recap in two weeks from now. We've got our wide receiver show, so we very briefly want to talk about some news. And then, of course, going to be talking quickly about the Bengals and the Lions, update you on their situations. Those are the two teams we cover mainly here, but... Chase, if you want Deshaun Watson to go one place, what would it be? Atlanta. 
I agree. I think that's the best situation for him. I think him going back to his home state, uh, being able to work with Kyle Pitts, that would be really cool. Kyle Pitts, maybe Calvin Ridley gets unsuspended and wants to save it around at that point too. I saw someone say Kyle Pitts would have to go back the other way, and I'm like, I don't think he would. And if he did, I think Deshaun Watson would not be very happy about it. Yeah, I don't think I think he would. I think Deshaun Watson's going to see. Okay, where are the trade details for? He just accepts a trade. And then see that like no 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 this guy must be with me because like without Kyle Pitts there there's no immediate legitimate receiving options whereas Kyle Pitts is a very good starting piece and the Falcons can commit to you know the next year or two really building those pieces through free agency in the draft and can you know maybe provide a, a good environment for D Watts so if if they were to send Kyle Pitts away too he would definitely say no yeah and apparently the Houston Texans. Uh, rules I guess they set in place for an interview with Deshaun Watson is a trade package needed to be presented that was pleasable to the Atlanta Falcons or not the Atlanta Falcons the Houston Texans yep so that would mean the Cleveland Browns the Atlanta Falcons the New Orleans Saints and the Carolina Panthers have all presented deals worthy of the Texans trading Deshaun Watson so now it's really just up to Deshaun yeah it's it's crazy to think it's going to be interesting to see, see how it all unfolds. It really is. And the Texans said they wanted three first plus minimum. Yeah, I... You, you give up what you... crazy. Especially That's if, so crazy. Especially if he's able to play and he's innocent in this whole process. You give up what you got to give up to get the franchise quarterback. It kind of doesn't matter uh, because that position is so important in the NFL. But at the same time, if you're going to have no first-round picks the next four or five years, it makes it harder to build, like, build a team. It's harder to get those elite pieces. Yeah, it's definitely tough. I think the best situation, personally, for Deshaun Watson to actually find that success would be Cleveland or Carolina. It, um, it would it would definitely be Carolina. I like Because he, he would look better in the Carolina uniform. I agree. That's, why, that's the only reason. <laughs> no one likes the Browns. No. Uh, all right, other piece of news, kind of like world-breaking. Tom Brady, he's back. So yeah, I, everyone everyone saw this coming. It's so obvious, you know. Mm-hmm. I I definitely saw. That's why I kept him in Dynasty. Yeah, you know, unlike some people here, <laughs> not here, but some people yeah. listening. Imagine being that dumb, yeah. dropping Tom Brady. <laughs> what, what, what a bad move. That just makes that just makes my trading of Dak Prescott even like make me feel even better because like I you know I move on from him in a league where I had no need for him. Now I now I have Josh Allen and Dak Prescott still or, or Tom Brady. Excuse me, still like mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm chilling. I mean, it's not Justin Herbert and Sean Watson, but no, know, that's but, pretty good. No, but I also pretty have Mitch Trubisky and Daniel Jones. I also have Zach Wilson and I thought I had Mitch Trubisky in that league. Or do no, I have you got Mitch in the other my league. league? Yeah. I've got Your another league. quarterback in Johnny's league. Probably like Ian Buck or something. Maybe. Stud. Dust. He's a legend. Dust. Uh, yeah, so Tom Brady, he's back. Very likely that the Bucks now take that division unless Deshaun Watson appears within it and at that case at that point it's very likely that brady still wins the division so gonna be interested to see how that all plays out but let's talk about the lions and the Bengals now we'll start with your lions talk about some of their signings you like them do you not like them stuff like that they're only free agent like true free agent new bring in player signing is dj chark one year We're, we're, okay, we're, sorry. Yeah, we're, we're going to get copyrighted here. Uh, I, I like the signing a lot. I, <laughs> that, that's what I was doing. Yeah. Face I, is waiting I, around I, for like I, seven I, minutes. I, I heard the beat and I was like, I, I don't, if, do I think, is this what I think it is? Because you, you had it very quiet <laughs> and I heard like a very like faint beat. How are we going to get copyright? Like, we're not getting money from this. No, but they're listening to us. They're going to sue us for everything we own. Oh, okay. But anyway, I'm a, I'm a DJ Chark fan. I have been since he came out of LSU. So I've got no issue with this. Uh, he made a Pro Bowl once in his career. He's flashed some legitimate receiving ability. Uh, he's a big body, six foot four, four three speed, deep threat, good enough in contested. Not a stud contested contested catch guy for someone his size. You know, kind of like Mike Williams is is just a contested catch freak. Uh, you know, it, it's not really the same for DJ Chark, but he's more of a field stretcher. Can still get up there. Ten million dollar contract for one year. I've got no problem with that. It's you know, I kind of prove. See if you're. You're a true wide receiver one, and we can, we can offer you something bigger, and it still leaves the potential of drafting a wide receiver in the draft too. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I at that point it'll probably be a second round pick instead of a first round pick. They'll use the first round pick on two positions that they could you know benefit more from having the fifth year option on. So I, I've 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 got no issue with what they're going to have to do now in the draft. I love the signing; I'm all good for it. 
And then other for that, other than that, you know, you look at uh, Charles Harris, two years, fourteen million dollars. If you had zero issue with that, he was awesome this year. It's a great deal. Khalif Raymond was a two-year deal. I don't know how much money, but it wasn't anything expensive. Tracy Walker gets a three-year, $25 million deal, $17 million guaranteed. I thought he was going to get paid like $4 million a year more than that. So mm. I think this is a hell of a deal. All for it. Josh Reynolds, two-year contract. I want to say that was like $12 million. Yeah, $12 million, so $6 million a year. Again, that's nothing. No problem with that. And then the rest of the guys, you know, Anzalone, Boyle, Brown, Elliott, uh, Hamilton, they're not necessarily – all big impact players. Anceloni, you know, he's a defensive captain. Plays some, like, snaps, plays some minutes, but the other guys are just kind of backups. I, I've, you know, I've got no issue with who they've brought in who they've kept around. I just like them to be a little more active. Yeah, and the wide receiver situation, I think, could be awesome. If they go after a guy who's sitting there at 34, which there's going to be starting caliber wide receivers sitting there at 34. Mm-hmm. They could have Amon Ross St. Brown, whoever they get at 34, plus DJ Chark. If they bring in Malik Willis at that number two spot, those three are plenty of weapons, plus DJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift. That'll be plenty of weapons to grow Malik Willis into a potential starter later on into the year and for the foreseeable future. The beauty of the situation here is, you know the Jags aren't going to take a wide receiver at 33 because that you know the Lions are picking 32 and 34. They're not taking a receiver at 33 because they found their guys. They got Christian Kirk. They got Zay Jones. Yikes. Yikes. Christian Kirk for $84 million. Up to, I should say. Yeah, 18 guaranteed a year. 17, 72 guaranteed over four years. Yeah. Yikes. Why? I I don't know. And then um, from there, Zay Jones is getting like $10 million guaranteed. Yeah. For the fourth receiver on the Raiders. <laughs> what? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. We'll, well, we'll talk more about the Jags moves in our free agency recap. We will, but Balkan needs to be fired. I know you. Yeah, you're not a Holy big fan hell. of some of their moves they made. Holy hell. Well, uh, well, well I their free agency needs to wind up in a big way because those on top of Miles Jack news makes me want to just pull my hair out. Yeah, at least they didn't sign Chase Edmonds. That's a good point. <laughs> uh, all right. Hey, let's go with the Bengals now. They made two big free agent signings. Not like huge, but they go and get Alex Kappa, the right guard out of Tampa, and then Ted Karras out of New England. Uh, he's a center left guard hybrid. Uh, he's probably going to be a center for us unless we go out and get one or maybe like Linderbaum falls, which would be a dream. There's, there's no way he does, though. There's no way, but it'd be a dream. So yeah, yeah, that that would definitely be a dream. I gotta wake up. Yeah, I I would be pinching you very hard to wake you up. So I'm a big fan. Obviously, going out in the first two hours of free agency and getting two offensive linemen to help protect Joe Burrow. Big fan. We also bring back BJ Hill on a three-year, thirty million dollar contract. He was awesome for us. I can't believe we gave up Billy Price for him. He made a big interception, and I think it was the AFC Championship game. But I think it was. Yeah, I don't think he got an interception in the Super Bowl. I don't think so. But anyways, he's been a very impactful player for us. So to see him to see him return for three years is absolutely awesome. And then Clark Harris, absolute legend. He's our lawn snapper. Where's number forty six? Has the super long hair, the really bushy mustache. Amazing. Legendary person. Legendary number. No, it's not. It's Legendary position as well. The trifecta. <laughs> Sure. Um, so, yeah, those are our thoughts on the Lions and the Bengals. And I, I'd, I'd say overall, other than Uzama leaving, which, you know, like, is a, is yeah, a locker room presence we, leaving. We lost Ogan Joby, too, which mm-hmm. kind of stinks. But Ogan Joby and BJ Hill, I saw as like very similar players. Ogan Joby went and got 40 million over three years. We got BJ Hill for 10 million less. Yeah, so ba- I'll take that. The Bengals do not need to pay, pay him that much money. So no. that's fair. But, like, it, it, it should be considered a win for them because it just shows that now they're going to go draft a tight end, too. Um, like they have to, like Drew Sample's not that that guy. Maybe one of the guys we talk about. Maybe how how mad would you be if they took a tight end in the first round? Extremely mad. I'd be yeah. pissed because there is not one tight end here that I'd want in the first round. Yeah, that's 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 reasonable. Um, we'll talk about it more too as, yeah. as we get on. Mm-hmm. But it's just um, I I don't see it happening. But if if the offensive line goes heavy, like like I you know think there's a chance it does. They might just feel like, all right, we really need to bolster our position here. I think even if it goes heavy, like you're either dropping an insane defensive lineman talent, or you can still get good offensive linemen because that or that position group is so deep yeah. as well. 
So I'm excited for that. All right, you want to get into our top eight wide receivers? We might as well right here. So how this is going to work, Chase and I are going to go ahead right one through eight, run right through it, talk about um, what we think of each player, and very briefly, it's going to be like a 30, 60-second type of thing, and then we're going to go one by one for each player. So we'll get into that now. Chase, I'll let you go first. We are doing wide receivers before yes. tight ends. I, I'm just running through my names, one through eight, and then moving on. Not, not even really talk about them. Okay. Well, we'll talk about them together. I'm excited because this very well could be, like, let's let's preface with this wide receiver class is great. Yes, it is. Uh, I don't I don't see any of these guys being a Jamar Chase, but it's very deep. It, it is very deep, and I see probably three to five impact guys in day one, but you, mm-hmm. you can't say anyone's going to be Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson. You can't predict yeah. record breakers every year. Like, but even coming out of the draft, I had Jamar Chase rated higher yeah, than all yes, these guys. Yeah, yes, I did as well. So it's, it's very deep, and there's a good possibility that Chase and I don't have the same names, but that doesn't mean that we think one is bad versus the other, and we'll get into that more as we go on. But Chase, go ahead. Number one, wide receivers. Oh, no. I have George Pickens from Georgia. Oh, wow. That is high. Okay. Number two, Traylon Burks from Arkansas. Number three, Drake London from USC. Number four, Christian Watson from North Dakota State. Number five, Chris Olave from Ohio State. Number six, Jameson Williams from Alabama. Number seven, Jahan Dotson from Penn State. Number eight, Garrett Wilson from Ohio State. Wow. Okay. Well, you're going to hate my list then because number one, Garrett Wilson. Are you serious? (laughs) Number two, George Pickens. Number three, Traylon Burks. Number four, Drake London. Number five, Chris Olave. Number six, Jameson Williams. Number seven, Jahan Dotson. Number eight, David Bell out of Purdue. So we had seven of the same in the list, just different orders. And I want to say Christian Watson, my number nine. That's fair. David Bell was my number 10. So number 11, sorry. They're right there. Um, I'm, I'm, very excited because well, let's go over George Pickens first. Absolutely. He's your number one. He's my number two. This is a guy who has had injury problems. He had the ACL this year in his sophomore year. He had some lingering upper body issues. So he hasn't had the extreme production that a player should see. And likely I would not be shocked if he's a second round wide receiver, like in the real draft. Taken off the board. You want to hear how, how my grading system put him out? Sure. It put him out as worthy of a top five pick. That's the talent level I think George Pickens offers. When he's on the field, he's elite. Yes. He is the one receiver. If, if every if everyone stays healthy, hits their ceiling, George Pickens is the best receiver in this draft class, and I don't think it's going to be particularly close. He would be a locked and loaded top ten receiver in the NFL. Again, not even close. Could even argue maybe a top seven to five. He is that dude. Great size and speed combination. I mean, he's he's a true you know like four three to four four on on game tape type of receiver. Like he, yep. can, he can get downfield. He's got enough agility. He's he's a good route runner. Just great body control. Awesome catch radius. I mean, there's really not anything he can't do. The only thing you worry about is oh he's coming off of an injury and didn't get to play a lot this year. But that doesn't matter. This kid dominated from an early age and showed that. He has a very transferable skill set to the NFL. His skill set is what transfers to the NFL more. You know, you look at the smaller guys like the John Rosses, you have a very close uh, experience with as a Bengals fan. Those smaller guys don't always translate. Big receivers translate a lot quicker and a lot more often. Mm-hmm. And George Pickens offers that size, that strength, along with that absolute elite athleticism. I, I don't know how you can't. I don't. I don't know how you how you would see this guy as being anything but a lock and loader first round pick. Yeah, and me having him at two. Even though I said, wow, that's very high having him at number one. Uh, He very likely could have been my number one if it wasn't for the lingering issues. Like, when it comes to injuries. Also, at the start of his career at Georgia, he did have a little bit of immaturity issues. It seems like most of those have been resolved. But if he gets on the field, he's an elite receiver. And as a projection, a lot of these guys I have... um, elite slot playmaker, elite physical um, specimen, stuff like that, I just have him as elite receiver because he is the best pure receiver in this draft class. The one thing that I think I kind of see out of him a little bit and don't take it as he's going to live up to these two legends, but he's kind of got the 
size and route running of AJ Green. Mm-hmm. He's a little bit skinnier as of right now. He can bulk up a little bit, but he plays very physical and aggressive. And after the catch, he reminds me a lot of Julio Jones. He's mm-hmm. a guy that's going to go after that ball once he has it in his hands. He's going to make a play. So George Pickens, an absolute stud. Love him. It's hard to say a receiver is going to live up to to a certain, any certain player. Like like any, it's hard to say any players live up to whoever they compared to. But right. this is a guy who legitimately. Like you can reasonably say he's gonna he's gonna be the guy that lives up to him and have confidence in saying that foreshadowing. Uh huh. I agree. Um, do we want to go Traylon Burks next or or should no? I? Let's go your number one. Okay. Uh, I've got Garrett Wilson, my number one, and the reason I have that is because he was just the biggest playmaker on film, at least in my opinion. Obviously, George Pickens had some big catches. Drake London, Traylon Burks as well, but the things that he was able to do after the catch. And a lot of people love Traylon Burks. They compare him to like a Debo Samuel because of what he can do with the ball in his hands. Me, I said pretty easily Garrett Wilson was my best run after the catch receiver. In my opinion, he was doing things that I could only see the likes of Jamar Chase or Debo Samuel doing. He attacks the ball. Uh, He need, he needs to refine his routes a little bit. I won't lie about that. But the way he's able to contort his body, use his athleticism to make a bad pet pass actually complete is awesome. I think his spatial awareness is huge, phenomenal hands. And like I said, after the catch, he does some stuff that is super fun to watch. Reminds me of a prime OBJ. So that that's where my only problem actually lies with him. Not because he's bad at it, but because the way it's done for him at Ohio State. Um you know, I, I still, him being my number eight receiver here, he grades as a top 40 pick in this draft class, mm-hmm. which just shows to the depth and talent level of this receiving class. But, you know, the, the reason that I don't have him as a, as a safe, you know, lock loader first round guy is, you know, at Ohio State, they are a very, you know, quick pass, slant heavy type of team. And he ran a lot of slant routes and caught a lot of balls, you know, five to seven yards from line of scrimmage and then made plays from there, which is perfectly fine. Like you, you do that in the NFL. But you're significantly less likely to find that open space and do that damage in the NFL than you are in college. So my biggest concern is can he offer a little more than just that part of the game, which I'm sure he can, but we didn't really get to see it enough at Ohio, other than, you know, like at Ohio State, because other than, you know, those routes, there wasn't like a whole, he didn't do like a whole lot. They didn't ask him to do a crap and They just wanted to give him the ball quickly and let him create, which is perfectly fine again. But you got to really be elite to do that at a efficient level in the NFL. And I, I think it's possible but there's just enough of a question where it just puts these other guys ahead. See, I think that shows how special he is that Ohio State was willing to just make him do that. It just shows how special his playmaking is after the catch. And to me, I don't know about when you were watching on tape, but there was a lot of guys that could do stuff after the catch. Traylon mm-hmm. Burks. Oh, yeah. Uh, Drake London, even. I was surprised mm-hmm. how good he is after the catch. Um, the likes of Sky Moore and Wondell Robinson. A lot of guys can do stuff after the catch. Garrett Wilson was doing things I didn't see on anyone else's tape. That's yeah, why I've got him as my number one. Like it, it's fair. I just you know, I, if you, you at the end of the day you can go have a lot of success in the NFL and you can say, oh, you're wrong. You had him at eight. Yeah, again, I still have him as a top forty pick. Like if he goes in the first round, I'm not going to be mad. Right. Um. Like it, it just like he, he's he's going to be a very good NFL player. I, I firmly believe that. I just I wonder. I don't think he's going to have the same amount of efficient success that he did in, in college, which is like obviously fair to assume anyway. But I, I think it's going to you know drop a fair amount, especially at least to start. All right, let's now talk about your number two, which is Traylon Burks, right? Hell yeah. I've got him at my number three. Uh, consensus, a lot of people have him as their number one, so let's talk about why we don't. Well, I was on the Traylon Burks wide receiver one train all year long. You know I was that. Too. Uh, it literally Fan. only changed when I did my film analysis, and I knew how good George Pickens was, but... It just watching George Pickens back a little more, watching a little more detailed. It just it just really stood so out to me. So fluid and smooth. Yeah, it all just stood out. But we're not talking about George anymore. We're talking about Traylon Burks, who is an absolute menace on the football field. This is the guy who, I, if I'm choosing one player, I want to try to get just the ball to manufacture touches. I want it to be Traylon Burks because he's got enough size and strength where he's going to be able to break tackles and you know straight on. Like you know, if he's going to be one on one with a defender, he, he can just run him over. He's got enough agility where he can get around him. He's got good speed. You know, he's not like some absolute burner, but if you're going to say a four or five, five on a 40 is bad for Traylon Burks, then you're stupid because he plays 
you know, he doesn't play any slower than that. He plays, you know, as a faster type of player. Some players slow down with the pads on. Traylon Burke certainly does not. And when that size is moving at that speed, it's hard to take down. So he's someone that, you know, he's going to get a lot of uh, targets within that 5 to, you know, 10-yard range. He's going to be able to be used downfield. He's going to be able to be used as running back. He is going to be a Devo Samuel type guy, as you mentioned. I As long as the team is willing to use him that way, I should say. Right. But I, I really think... He is one of you know the couple of players that are going going to immediately translate to the NFL, being a thousand yard guy. Yeah, it's crazy seeing a six three, two hundred and twenty five receiver lineup in the backfield. I gotta say, um, and look unbelievably <laughs> natural at it. And it, I thought he played faster than his four five five, yes. at least when he gets up to speed. His acceleration and burst isn't up to the level as some of these other guys, but that's not saying it's bad by any means. He's a guy that can get to that point, but once he gets to his max speed, he's a bowling ball. You're yeah. not going to want to get in front of him. And, and, and you know, people think, oh, he, you know, he ran this four five five, so he must not be a great separator. Well, at the end of the day, speed doesn't have them as much of a separation as you think. Yeah, you know, if you're going on, on, a, on a go route, sure, yeah, you want to just run the guy in a track race, but... It's at the end of the day, it's about trying to deceive the defender and make him believe you're going to do one thing or another and cause them to kind of hesitate. That's what gets you the separation. And Traylon Burks is great at doing that. Yeah, very solid at the old route running. The one thing that the one little niche that I had to complain about Traylon Burks is oftentimes, and this could very well be you, just Arkansas and their way of using him. Oftentimes, it seemed like he started a little bit slow. He's kind of like a Derrick Henry where the first couple of times he gets the ball. You know, it's maybe a five, six-yard gain, but then towards the end of the game, he's putting 20, 30-yard uh, receptions in there. So, But wouldn't you rather a guy perform at the end of the game than early in the game? Well, yeah, but I'm saying, like, all these other guys were yeah. performing, you know, all the way through, and it's not really a big thing. Traylon Burke's still my number three. I think he's still awesome. He's great. Um, is Drake London your next guy? Drake London is my next guy. Because he's my next as well, and I'm surprised because, uh, shout out my cousin Landon. He's a part of the, or he is the locker room podcast don't want to say a part because he is the guy now um he didn't have drake london in his top five and i was expecting maybe like a a jameson williams to be higher than him not the case i'm a big fan of drake london he's my number four you're number three oh yeah mike evans mike evans who's better and better like open space better and finding space too like like six five 210 215 pounds is what he'll end up measuring in uh, good enough speed to go with. I don't remember what his like forty time translates to. He didn't get to run, obviously, but I, right. I I don't know what he was running in college. Can't remember. Doesn't really matter. He's unreal in contested situations. Um, is as we mentioned, he's actually like excellent after the catch. Not just like oh, he's pretty good. He's he's surprisingly like wow, this guy can do it. Uh, he can find open space, make defenders miss. As I mentioned, it's everything you want out of a true alpha receiver. He's still a guy. I really want the Lions to draft. You know, even though they got DJ Chark, it doesn't matter. I I want Drake London. I think this is the guy that can. Be that number one receiver on any mm-hmm. on literally any team in the NFL. Like it will work in any offense because he he can be used deeper downfield in a contested catch. He can be used in the red zone. If you want him to catch it in a shorter range, he's gonna have no issue with that as well. It's just he's just a good football player, man. He's faster than I thought. Like coming into the tape, I thought this is gonna be a guy who is slow as molasses. That's not the case. He moves. He is slower than the other guys in the class. But he still moves. He still moves just fine. After the catch, great. The one thing that stood out to me with Drake London, and it's taught from when you're a little kid all the way to the next level, is he didn't catch one ball with his body. At least the film that I watched. Not at all. He was very aggressive, get the hands on it, and obviously he's got the big, big frame, big hands, got the huge catch radius. So he's a guy that is going to be flying at that ball. Two hands on it. Could make some one-handed catches, so... I said it about another player in this um, draft class, but it can be used here now. He attacks the ball when it's coming mm-hmm. at him. It isn't just wait for it to come to him. He 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 is like that ball is mine and I will have it. Yeah, and whatever that takes, and he he gets it done. Absolutely. Uh, who's your number four? Is it, it Watson? Uh, it is Christian Watson. By the way, all, all as I said, um, if you didn't do the math right, I have six receivers that are first round grades. So my first six receivers are all first round grades. I I would right now, you know, George Pickens has had top five. And then um, Drake London, Traylon Burks, both these guys I have is guys you can legitimately take top 16 players. There you go. All right, let's talk about Christian Watson now so we can be back on a similar track because uh, I've gone through my top four. You've gone through your one through three and then your eight. So Christian Watson, what do you like about him? 
So he's got uh, pretty good vision, uh, especially you know trying to hit the open field. Uh, great athleticism for his size. Uh, another big, big body receiver, six foot three, fourth legitimate four three speed. Uh, he he's got the right athleticism and just natural playmaking ability combination that you need combined with a good size. You know the only thing is, I don't like hindering guys for their um for their level of competition they're playing against, but you know it, it still is something worthy to be said because defenders are are you know missing a little more. Um, he is a little more open space, a little, little more ground to be had. So we'll see what he does, you know, once he gets an NFL field against NFL defenders, but I don't think it's going to be too much of concern. He'll end up going probably in the second round. I think it's where NFL teams are going to kind of have him. Mm-hmm. But I, I have him as a first-round guy really because of the size and athleticism combination. You know, he's one of very few players that, um, you know, I have like just like an athleticism slash traits category that I grade with, which is, you know, how, how like your speed, your agility, um, size, like all, all this stuff combined, and he's one of three players that I've graded so far total that have a six out of six. Yeah, Christian Watson, big, ran a four three six at the combine. I, the very first thing I have here is big and fast. Uh, I like to use the term gamer. He was a gamer for me on film, um, similar to the likes of a Sam Howell, a guy who is going to do all the extra dirty work. It seemed like when anything was happening where the ball wasn't going to him, he was going to find a block, which mm-hmm. I absolutely loved. Um, good hands and route, good after the catch, good physicality too. Uh, the one thing I saw a little bit is that if he doesn't get out of his uh, release quick enough, he can be knocked off a little bit by the corner if he's playing press man, can put a hand into him. He gets shaken a little bit. He still gets his route completed, but it takes just a tad bit longer. Um, and then level of competition, it, it does – affect a little bit in my opinion that's why he's at number nine but i still think he's great i would still be very happy if my team took him in the top 40 picks receivers are one of the positions where it actually does kind of matter because if you're if you're on a team like north dakota state where they're going to consistently have a quarterback who can throw the ball um you know he, all you gotta do is just get open and he's gonna find you and then you can have a little more free reign from there as i kind of mentioned so it's one of the few positions where i truly think that it does matter but i see enough in his game anyway talent wise where it, it shouldn't be too much of a transition for him. And that's one of the things that I was kind of battling with when it came to Christian Watson is I was thinking, does he just have supreme route running? That's why he's always open, or is it the level of play? And it was a little bit of both. That's why I think he's got good route running. I don't think he's extremely good at it. Um, I think that's going to be a guy we talk about very soon here. I think uh, he's pretty good at route running. But who's your number five? My number five just so happens oh, it's freaking out of me. I just have to be Chris Olave. That is the guy I was thinking exactly. Chris Olave is my number five as well. I think, in my opinion, he was the best route runner out of this class. Word for word, my first line, best route runner in this class. There we go. <laughs> um, my only concern is, he, uh, is, is it going to be Jerry Judy 2.0, where like you know, he goes to a team, you know, he's a great route runner, it shouldn't matter who his quarterback is because he's going to be able to just have the awareness and the, and, and the smooth route running ability where he's going to get open, and then all of a sudden, he gets 100 targets and has 51 drops. Like, is that going to happen or something for whatever reason? I hope not. Yeah, I hope not. <laughs> Jerry Judy's still a talented receiver, but leaves a bad taste in my mouth just the way his career started. But it shouldn't matter. Chris Olave, he's a first-round pick. Um, you know, route runners, that like strong route runners, have high hockey. High, jeez, I can't talk today. High hockey IQ. <laughs> high football <laughs> IQs uh, because they have an understanding of, you know, if, if this, you know, whatever route it might be, you got to be three yards out and then you make your cut. Like they know that it's exactly three. They will never go an inch more or less. Like they, they just truly understand the game. Mm-hmm. Um, not a pure like possession receiver or anything like that. You know, that's just not his game, but he, um, he, he goes, he, he can still catch the ball. He's got elite athleticism. I don't see him being like some sort of juke master. Where he's going to go hop side to side and make you dance around, right. but he's got enough. Speed and burst where he, he can get to the outside, and you know if there's two defenders tightening on him, he can just burst through him just enough uh, with that athleticism where he can make a miss. Yeah, and I see a lot of people thinking he's just you know that deep threat. He's gonna be your your John Ross type of player, Jalen Waddle type. Of, that's Completely not the case different. in my mind. Yeah, uh, I put here he's got really good speed, but he doesn't feel like that true deep threat. The way he wins is with a combination of speed plus his elite route running. So that's what's gonna get him. I think he's could be an excellent slot receiver that wins with deep post routes, um, can beat the uh, d- defensemen or defensive backs and the safeties out there. So I think he's really good. I think the run after the catch is 
solid. I don't think it's great, but then again, I came off of watching uh, Garrett Wilson to Chris Olave. So, but the one thing he's got that really wows me is he's got super special spatial awareness and being able to find those empty gaps. He can make that little move to get the corner or the safety off and then hit it, and he's wide open. And we saw that so many times. I saw it against my Michigan State Spartans, and it hurt. Yeah, I, you know, well, all the things said, there's why I think he's the better chance of having success in the, in the NFL as as these Ohio State receivers. I don't know. It just it just seems like he's more transferable to the NFL for to me for some reason. Yeah, uh, I I could agree because you know route running super important, but the game that we're in right now is why I went and Garrett Wilson because the receivers that shined. We're doing special things after the catch. Debo Samuel, who is widely considered a top five wide receiver right now, which I was kind of taken off by that. But, I mean, he played great. Jamar Chase is doing stuff after the catch. Cooper Cup was doing insane things after the catch. So uh, that's the only reason I would have Garrett Wilson this high. If it was two years ago, it might be very different. And it's also why I have David Bell here. So we'll talk about him a little bit later. But our number six, both of us, I believe, is Jameson Williams. Yep. All right, what do you like about Williams? You know, I didn't put a ton of notes on him because, like, I think it's just well, what I have here does enough justice. I have a smooth wide receiver who emerged Rama this year, well-rounded, big play threat that has enough of a skill set to operate as any team's number one. That's that's really is what it boils down to. He kind of, you know, he was looked at as a talented receiver, but everyone thought, okay, this is John Metchie's year for Bama. Like, he's going to be the dude. Yeah, He's maybe wide receiver one in this class. And then James Williams comes out, plays great, ends up being that dude for Bama. And he truly is like, he's a he's a better version, a better slower version of Henry Ruggs. Like he, he's going to be a, a bigger play type guy, but you know he's, he's going to be useful down the field. But I I like him, you know, as just a little more talented, a little more instinctual, someone that can operate more than just in a straight line. Yeah, I think if you're looking at the wide receiver draft class overall and looking at these top guys, Jamison Williams is going to be that more deep threat speedster out of the rest of them. So uh, he's a guy that I really like, dynamic speed. He's actually got a lot of versatility too. A lot of times I saw him going around the quarterback, behind the quarterback, doing jet sweeps and everything. So that was really cool. Uh, I thought he had really good deceleration, which is actually super important when it comes to route running and everything. Uh, But he also had the late hands that Jamar Chase has. He doesn't throw them out there until super late so the defensive back doesn't even know the ball's coming to him. So... I like him a lot there. Uh, the only knocks I have on him is he's got some lack of strength, obviously. Uh, he's got the height, but the weight doesn't really match, being at 6'2", around 190 pounds. And then the contested catches isn't super consistent. He can win them, but there's times where he loses them as well. That's the only reason he's my number six. A really good player. He's going to be able to do a lot in the NFL. Agreed. And he is the cutoff of my first-round wide receivers. So now we move on to Jahan Dotson. Is he, is he your number seven? He's my number seven. Oh, well, there we go. Yeah, how, how fancy is that? So, you know, I, I like Jahan Dotson. Um, I, th- I think he's a creative option for, for a, a pass game in the NFL. Not going to do anything, you know, for you, like, physically. Like, mm-hmm. like he's not some just big body go up. I'm going to make this catch and, and fight off these three defenders and whatever, blah, blah, blah. But he, he can win athletically. He, he definitely can. You know, smaller guy. Um, good at you know a a good solid athletic profile. I could see him you know being a like I said a um pretty good NFL contributor, but I just don't know what his ceiling is. Um, I think he could really be more like a really good number two option in an offense. I don't know if I'm if I'm ready to call him like a number one because you know these types of guys usually don't profile as number ones. Mm-hmm. But you know if, if you you know, if you go from this draft class and you, and you compare them with, like, Drake London, for example, if you're a team that can somehow get both of them, that's a really good one-two option to have. It's two completely different type of guys that you can kind of use wherever on the field and, and get what you can out of them. Yeah, and Jahan Dotson, <clears throat> I'm going to make a comparison here. I think he's better than the guy I'm comparing him to, but just when it comes to play style, I think he's similar to the likes of Amiko Harbin. Uh, he's got that speed that can go long, but I think he can also do some stuff after the catch. We saw him a lot, actually, in the kick and punt returns, so mm-hmm. I liked seeing the versatility out of, out of him there. He's probably going to find a nice role in special teams right away, and I could see him you know, being a decent producer in his first year, but not going to be one of these world burners in his first year. So yeah. this is a guy that I like, but I agree. I'm not really sure where the ceiling is for him. 
of my top eight receivers, if I'm choosing one that takes the longest to transition to the NFL, Tim. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, all right, so we will now go to my last wide receiver, and that would be David Bell out of Purdue. He is my number eight, standing in at 6'2", 205. Uh, he had really good stats this year. The thing that I thought about him, not overly physical, even though he's got that 6'2 size, not a real aggressive wide receiver, but he's got great round, great route running. He's really good after the catch. And I even said, coming out of the draft, he reminds me a little bit of A.J. Brown when it comes to his route running and finding these those openings in the uh, gaps of the defense. Yeah, you know, that's fair. Um, I, I truly think that David Bell is someone who has a legitimate chance at being a top three to five receiver in this class all said and done. But I think he could bust extremely heavily is the problem. Hmm. I, I, I just don't quite know what it is. Something about his game, I just I just see it. I, I just don't know if he's going to be able to bring it to the NFL. I, I don't know why. It's just a feeling I get, and I kind of got to trust my gut feelings when it comes to these type of things. It's, that's how I operate. But, you know, he, he definitely is someone that's, you know, got good body control, good ball skills. Um, he's, you know, creative enough as as a receiver, too, where he can, you know, he, he can win on a route. He can find some open space. I, I could see him having success for sure. I just, um, I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't know if he can do it, like, day one or anything. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I feel like he was a little bit safer than Christian Watson, at least in my opinion. But, um Interesting. Yeah, very, very, very interesting. Uh, who is your 9 and 10? Because you said you had him at 11, right? Yes. So my number 9. Uh, let me get, get your one sec. Sorry. My number 9 is um, Sky Moore. Okay. My number 10 is Kyle Phillips. Okay. I didn't watch any Kyle Phillips, but Dude, Sky he, Moore is 11 for me. Wandell Robinson would be my number 10. Brett Coleman turned me on to him. Okay. You, you should go watch him because guy's a dude. Guy's a guy's dude. Guy's a dude. Okay. 5'11", 191. Brett Coleman calls him. Love Brett Coleman. Yeah, love him as well. Calls him Hunter Renfro on two shots of espresso. So are you going to have the, um, was it the, was it the Brett Coleman video that was like five prospects that you don't know yet? Yeah. Okay, so are you going to have those guys for, uh, there was two tight ends in that list. So I wonder if you're going to have them here. Well, the one I already did know. Okay. And I, 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 I know who the one you're talking about. I didn't I didn't finish the video though. Oh, okay. All right. Well, let's and, and anyways, I but I knew Kyle Phillips before that video anyway. Oh, okay. Um because he was on so Kyle Yates left Fantasy Pros created his own thing. So he was on an earlier episode of whatever they were doing for that. And he, he mentioned him at that point. Mm. So I was like, let me let me check this dude out. And the guy's just awesome. He's gonna be a slot receiver, but he's gonna be an awesome slot receiver. It might be the best one of the best in the league. There we go. All right, so those are our wide receiver rankings. Let's head over to our tight end rankings. Same same exact way this is going to work. We've got four tight ends that we're going to be talking about. It's going to go one through four. Then we'll get into talk about, talking about them. I'm very curious to see if we have the same four. So I'll let you go first. It's possible. Number one, I have Isaiah Likely out of Coastal Carolina. Number two, I have Trey McBride out of Colorado State. Number three, I have Jalen Widemer out of Texas A&M. Number four, I have Chagosium Okwanku, Okonkwo, however the hell you okay. say it. Yep. I can't, I cannot say it out of Maryland. Mm. O- Okonkwo, right? Yep. Okonkwo. Okay. So Chig and Conquo, he yes. was one of the guys in the Brett Coleman video. Yeah. Um, my top four goes as follows. Number one, Trey McBride. Number two, Jalen Weidemeyer. Wow. Wow, number, you're a hater. Number three, Isaiah Likely. You're a hater. And number four, Jelani Woods. Out of Virginia. Okay. I don't have a shoot with that. All right. Let's uh let's hop into let's hop into Trey McBride first, because he's your number two. He's my number one. Yeah. Go ahead. So Trey McBride, he's just your all around tight end. Like the, the number one thing I said was that he reminded me of a lesser version of Hawk. Like mm-hmm. he can do it in the ground game when it comes to obviously blocking. Uh, I think he's the best blocker out here that's not like just pure pass or yeah, pass and run blocking. Um he's got good route running, speed is solid, but he's got very reliable hands, able to make that spectacular catch and after the catch, he seemed just fine to me. Uh I think that if the speed was a little bit better, he very well could have been one of the more dynamic tight ends coming into the draft, but it's only, you know, solid. So that's why I've got him there. Yeah. So he kind of reminds me of like if Kyle Yushek was a little bit bigger and like more of a receiving option, 
it's kind of what I feel because I truly think that Trey McBride, you know, he, he, he can be a move tight end. You can, you can use, use him, you know, in, in line, have, have him start in there. He can be used as a fullback. Like, he, he can kind of be this jack-of-all-trades type of tight end, and having those types of guys are awesome. Um, You know, good enough blocker, you know, great receiver, great set of hands. He You know, he really attacks the ball in the air. Uh, He doesn't I, – I don't think he relies too much on body catches of what I saw. You know, my one issue is he didn't score a lot of touchdowns in, in college. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a strange thing for when a tight end doesn't you know score touchdowns because they they don't get targeted a lot in college when they do it's usually within the red zone so I I don't know why that is I just I didn't really you know analyze it enough I didn't I didn't like see anything that pointed out to why that would be in the videos maybe he doesn't get enough separation in, in the end zone I don't know but it's a slightly concerning because he only had like eight or nine in his career I know the number one thing that or the number one route I should say Trey McBride ran was just. Tight end slants right across the middle. And as a guy who's not super fast, he's not going to get to his position they need to right away. So that could be the case when it comes to his touchdowns. Also, it could just be an Atlanta Falcons situation where they just don't target their best receiver or best option in the end zone whatsoever. I don't know why, but 90 receptions for 1,100 yards that's huge stats by a tight end. So, no, it it definitely is. Like, like he's. He's um like he, he's definitely a, a talented guy and I th- I think he's gonna be a successful NFL tight end but I got him as like right now he's a day two pick someone that could go end a second to early third if the Bengals took him at sixty three I'd be very excited that'd be fine uh, all right let's now talk about your number one Isaiah Likely this is what I got on this dude true all purpose tight end uh, he, he's he's a great receiving option he is a good blocker. Um, you know, it, it's it's something that he's had to work on over the last few years, but he's de- de- definitely developed it. And um, I, I guess, you know, good might be over selling, I guess. He's more of a quality blocker, someone who can do it right away in the NFL. You don't have to take him off in, in those blocking situations. You can trust him. He's good enough there. And, you know, when you combine that with being a great athlete, the skill set that immediately translates to the NFL. He's someone that, I, you know, with, with that blocking skill set, he truly feels like a natural receiving talent to me. And when you get those out of a tight end with his size, his athleticism, it's it's hard not to view this guy highly. I, at, right now, he is graded as my highest rated day two pick. So he's pretty close to being rated as a first round pick for me. Very interesting. Yeah. Um. See, when you say his size and athleticism, he is one of the smaller tight ends coming out of this class. Yeah. 6'4", 240. Also, on tape, the speed didn't really wow me that much. See, it's I I don't I don't think it was too bad. I really don't like I, I don't yeah, no, I don't no. know. I don't think it's bad. I won't say it's bad, but like I fully expected to come into this and see the likes of a Kyle Pitts athleticism. Not the case. No, no, it's, no it's, one's going to be Kyle Pitts. No, it's not quite like that. And you know, like I should probably phrase this differently. Like, like it's you know, it's not like he's a big body guy that's going to go win catches. But you know, smaller tight ends like like his like like in terms of height they're they're kind of almost like overlooked by defenders it feels like to me in the the nfl this could be a completely wrong take i don't know but when when guys are a little bit on the shorter side like they are i feel almost a little bit better in those shorter yard situations and then he's got enough strength you know combined with that size being 62 240 that he's going to break a couple tackles and get those extra yards yeah and isaiah likely i fully expected and that this is the guy i texted you about I texted Chase and said that there's a tight end that has surprised me. You asked me good or bad. I said both because he surprised me. He was a much better pass blocker than I expected. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't think he's great. I think you were right when you said, you know, good, maybe more closer to serviceable because when he actually picks up the assignment, he's very good at, you know, making that block. But there's often times where I saw him just read it wrong and he missed and that's not a huge thing that can be taught at the next level very easily. So I was very impressed that his pass blocking was better than I expected. I thought he had good routes, but he wasn't that dominant pass catcher that I perceived. I expected fully to come into this and be like, wow, this guy is nearly a wide receiver. He's being so dominant out there. That wasn't the case. Also, there is one thing that bugged me about him. And I know you've talked about thing. I think Brees Hall was a similar case for you when it comes to this, but the way he ran was really weird. His strides were very short. And so it looked like he just was not as fast as I thought he was. It looked kind of like, I don't know, a little hey, goofy. It comes with being a short king. Yeah, I, I six four, a short <laughs> king. Um, so yeah, his strides weren't very long, and I was very distracted with that. But 
Overall, I think he's good. I think he's going to be serviceable in the NFL for sure. But I've just got these other two guys higher. While we're talking about tight ends, you know, I'm doing NCAA. Dynasty oh I've been playing here and there every once in a while. And I, I, my mark's gone. What the hell? I have a tight end. I don't remember the guy's name. I don't know. But he's he's legitimately six foot eight, two hundred and seventy pounds with eighty nine speed. Why can't we just have every tight end be that? Uh, well, we've got one in this class that I'm going to be talking about very Ooh. soon. Uh, all right, let's now talk about Jalen Weidemeyer. He's my number two. He's your number three. Um, solid blocking. I think he's very similar to Isaiah Likely that if he's able to get his man, he's perfectly fine when it comes to blocking. His consistency is a little bit iffy there. Uh, I didn't see a lot of burst from him, but he does have that really good breakaway speed. He's got very strong hands, great after the catch. Wish he had more targets, actually, in the college game because he only had 40 receptions for 515 yards, four touchdowns. But this was a guy that I thought if he got more work, he could have seen a lot more upside. And it's it's also hard to look at the fact that he's only 21.2 years old. He's going to be 21 through the whole NFL season next year. That excites me, too, because this mm-hmm. guy could very well turn into something special. He definitely could, and I do like Widemer. Um, I think he's going to be one of these tight ends you like better for fantasy compared to the other ones. Um, you know, he, he he's going to be a good athletic option, a good good receiving option, and he's a willing blocker. Is what I have him listed as. I don't think he's even as good as a blocker as likely, but he's willing to do it. So when you got someone who is engaging, it's something that you can hope to teach in the NFL. You can teach the form technique a little better. But he's not like he's shying away. It's not like they have to take him off and put him you know out wide and in those situations. So. It's a good sign to see, uh, you know, it, it just, what it comes down to for me is what is the ceiling going to be? I don't know. I don't know how elite of a tight end he's going to be. I think he could be, you know, a, a good tight end. Someone, if he's your number one tight end, you know, you're doing fine. You're not um, winning at the position, but you're not like struggling either. That's just, that's just it's kind of what, where his grade comes down to for me. I could very well see him like a Delaney Walker type of tight end. Uh, also, I totally understand the blocking that you brought up, the willing blocker. Um, one thing that I noticed a lot and read about is that Weidermeyer, at the beginning of the season, he was he didn't love to block. Like He just wanted to be that receiving tight end. Yeah. And so he would do it, but it wasn't with any enthusiasm or, or whatsoever. But once they hit that game against Alabama, Texas A&M versus Alabama, around the middle of the year, he picked it up. And towards the end of the season, uh, there's a lot of talk about him. If you just look up Jalen Weidemeyer and see some summaries about him, this is a guy that really improved his willingness and ability to actually pop pass block um, towards the latter half of the college season. So, uh, still super young, and that really attracts me because I think he could have a pretty high upside. So we'll see. For sure. All right, let's talk about your boy, Chig. Yeah, Chig Okonkwo. God, it's, I don't know why I struggle with those names. Those are the only names I ever struggle with pronounce, pronouncing. Can you say Vita Vea's full name? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Ch- Chig is definitely an interesting option. Very you interesting. Know, I have him more as a developmental move tight end. You know, he, he he needs to improve in the blocking game. Something that could be done. Maybe not. I don't know. Um he's not someone that's overly big. He's only six foot two, but he has, you know, great athleticism. He's a legitimate threat as a receiver due to his um unique build and athleticism combo. It, it's it's a guy who's, you know, like a bit stocky but but is really impressive as an athlete. Um someone that is going to get open if you use him as a true receiving tight end he's going to help you do damage but you're gonna to have to take some time in developing you know his, his route running and developing his his just awareness for the game developing his blocking all these things do need improvements because he's still very raw you know he's only been if i remember reading right he's only been playing um the, the position or football in general one of the two for three years mm. so it's it's you know it's still really new to the whole thing so he you know he's still got a lot to go but if i'm taking like a chance on a guy this is the one i'm taking a chance on yeah, um, Chig is super interesting. He's the Debo Samuel of tight ends because yeah. we've seen him play fullback. We've seen him play um, tight end, of course. We've seen him play halfback. We've seen him line up in the slot as a receiver type. So this is definitely a very interesting player, very dynamic. And he was in Brett Coleman's video, which I'm sure you saw. Um, he had high praise for him, talking about how he is like – 
a better, more athletic version of Kyle Juszczyk. So, yeah, uh, definitely a guy I'd be excited for. So his um, great like his grading system for me comes out to like right now his football IQ awareness is only a three point four out of six, which is you know uh, it could it could improve. It's something that's not easy to improve, but can. But because I think he has a legitimate high ceiling, maybe the highest of anybody I've studied in this draft class. Um, minus maybe the you know, top two or three receivers, mm-hmm. you know, he, he grades pretty high in that aspect. So I, I'm 100% willing if I'm a team to take a chance on this guy, uh, really in the third round is probably more ideal, but, uh, you just gotta be ready that he's, he might not be able to just help you out right away. He can like, it's, it's possible, but be patient with him. Yeah, absolutely. Let's not talk about Jelani Woods. He is my number four. Uh, my biggest like red flag for Jelani Woods He's 23 and a half years old, so he is a little bit older, and he's only been playing tight end for, I think it's three years as well, because I don't know if you know, but he came in as a quarterback. Yeah. So I, I, I do remember that now, now, now that you say that. I completely forgot about it till now. And if, you know, you're like, oh, that's cool, a quarterback transitioning to a tight end, whatever, uh, he's 6'7", 265 pounds. So think about a quarterback that's 6'7", 265 Kyrie times. Jackson, baby. Yeah, that's a, that's a little something. So Jelani Woods, the reason that I like him so much is he's got insane speed. Let me get his 40 time up here for you. Uh, a 461 at 6'7", 265 pounds. He's a guy that can, he doesn't have great route running, but super athletic, a lot faster um, than a lot of people would think. He kind of reminds me of a Moali Cox. He's got that huge size, huge catch radius, huge hands. He's going to be able to get it done in the receiving game. He needs work on his pass protection. There's no doubt about that. He's a former quarterback. But this is a guy who very well could dominate the middle of the field at the NFL level. So that's why I've got him here at my number four. Yeah, it's going to include a lot of uh, development in the the blocking game, still a lot of development as just even a receiving option as well. I do like Jelani Woods, another guy that's worth taking a chance on. Um, you know, that the size is really the most intriguing thing about it all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just to show that you're having this type of production and being this new with the position too, it, it really is intriguing. Um, a guy that is, you know, in that same same similar range as um, as Chig is for me, kind of like that, that you know, like the third round pick, the guy that you can take day two. If he falls into day three, it's going to be gone pretty early. Uh, I I definitely think that you sh- again, you got to be patient. You can't expect him to be your number one right away. Right. Um. Did you see when Brett Coleman talked about Jelani Woods in that video, or was he after Chig? I believe he was after. I don't remember watching Jelani Woods in him. Okay, so Brett Coleman actually compared him to a prime Jimmy Graham when he was just dominating in the receiving game. He said that he hates to compare anyone to Hall of Famers, but with the size and speed combo, Jelani Woods very well could do that. Not that far off of a path. You know, Jimmy Graham went from basketball to to NFL. So he's going from quarterback to tight end in the NFL. You know, maybe you're like, okay, someone brand new to the position. Maybe this is going to work. Who knows? Maybe it's some type of thing. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think there is a lot of tight ends that, could go in that late third round to fourth round that could actually make impacts. There's the likes of Jake Ferguson, Jeremy Rucker, Greg Dulcich, Cade Otten. A lot of those guys have gotten a lot of hype too. I've even seen Cade Otten as the number one, which I think is a little shocking. I don't have him there. I've actually got him as my number six. But, uh, yeah, I I don't want the Bengals to go after Jeremy Rucker just because he's an Ohio State guy, but I feel like they might. Yeah, I – I don't. I don't have you know any issue with Jimmy Rucker. Jimmy Rucker, I think he could be pretty solid too. But really, the guys I talked about that I talked about today are the ones I would have faith in having the chance of becoming like my number one tight end. Yeah. Um, someone though, you know, he's really not tight end. He's gonna be more fullback in the NFL. But Connor Hayward, dude, he's kind of fun. He's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. I, 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 he's he's gonna be a day three pick. But like, if you're willing to get real creative with them, yeah, like it, it, it could be something you could really use. Very well, could be like a Cal Hughes check. Yeah. So. All right, well, that's going to do it for our pass catcher rankings. And by the way, if we were trying to combine wide receivers and tight ends into like, oh, are you gonna, if you had a, you know, just, just pure pass catching options, who's one through eight? It, it's the same thing. It's the receivers. Yeah, no one reaches it for me either. 
Uh, but yeah, that is our pass catcher rankings, our top four tight ends, our top eight wide receivers. I'd love to know what you guys think down in the comments. Let us know your top eight wide receivers. Let us know your top four tight ends. Is there a specific player out of these two groups that you desperately want on your team? Maybe you're a Lions fan and you want someone to fall to that 34 pick. Who would it be? I want to thank you so much for coming out. If you want to stay up to date with all that we can do, all that we do, you can follow us on Twitter at WNP Sports Pod. It's again on Twitter at WNP Sports Pod. That link will be down in the description as well as all of our other socials, including Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. If you are on YouTube, if you could please give us a like, comment, subscribe, we would really appreciate that. And make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. And if you are listening on a podcast platform, if you could please give us a five-star rating and a follow. We would absolutely love you for it. Thanks so much for coming out. And as always, we're not professionals. 